0: What up, everybody? I'm the big homie. And yo, it's your boy, G.R. We want to welcome you to our show called That's That's What's what's Up. up. Show about people bringing topics to the table that me and G.R. are normally familiar with. Right. And then today, we got a serious topic on our hands, but it's alright because we're going to get through it. My man, are you ready? I'm ready, brother. You? I'm I'm good. Alright. That's What's Up. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Are you, brother? I'm doing. I'm doing real good. All Mother right. Nature certainly decided to pull a prank on us with a uh, with that blanket of snow. I woke up to on Monday morning, but um, other than that, I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. She's playing
1: tricks with us. You know, keep giving us a little taste. That's right. Of what's yet to come, and then pulling it back. That's you right. Know what I mean. But hey, we New Yorkers. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna stride through it like we always do every year. That's right. That's what's up. Um, but. For everyone at home, we hope you're
0: doing good. We just want to go ahead and let you know that tonight's going to be a little more serious of a topic than what we've been handling with in the past couple weeks. So right, right. if you're listening on your commute, um, you might want to be prepared to listen on your way back or something like that. I'm I'm just saying. Um, we got a very special guest with us today. Um, GQ, how you doing?
2: I'm good, brother. Yeah. I can't complain. All life is a blessing. That's right. what's up. That's yes, what's
0: sir. up.
1: Yes, sir. We want to thank you, sir, from uh for joining us, you know, all the way from Shy. Let, let everybody know where you
2: are, brother. Oh yeah. I'm calling. Hey man, I'm I'm coming in from the south. Uh, commuting to rough route rush out traffic, but I, I think I'm doing a little better than you guys because I'm 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 at a steady 50 degrees
1: out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up.
0: That's what's up.
1: Yes, sir, yes, sir. So um <clears throat> excuse me. So tonight's topic um we felt kind of compelled to bring up because um all of our past episodes we kind of touched on uh just certain things that kind of surround us on a daily, you know, um technology, music, things that were you know, we we focused on not too much, but we were there with it. But in this case there's an importance to talk about this thing because it's who we are. That's right. And as young black men, we have to speak upon something that will stick with us. Right. That's us. Uh-huh. And it'll be it'll continue to be who we are until God calls us home. That's right. So t- so tonight we want to talk about black awareness. That's what it is. That's what it is. We got it. We got to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now before we begin, GQ, um, you talk a
1: lot about this
2: on yes, your sir. show, right? Yeah,
1: I peeped your, your show out.
2: I appreciate that. Um, you know, I think it's just unintentional. It is just something that's ingrained because I think at the at the the core of everything with me, particularly, is is my blackness. Yes,
1: that's sir. Right. You know? that's right.
2: The only default to that is that, you know, I try to stay pro-righteous, just don't want to ride with something because of a bias, you know, was right is right, was wrong is wrong. At the end of the day, you know, I think there's a social responsibility, even with the commentary of the podcast, is to just call attention to those specific things.
1: That's right.
0: Yes. But, I mean you you know you 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 mention it and you talk a lot about it because it means something to you you know and and you of know course. that that's really what's up, and that makes your opinion even more valuable tonight oh, you yeah, know, absolutely. On, on this show
1: absolutely
2: well, I'm glad to be here man, and as long as I can provide value, then you know everybody's time is enriched,
1: yes sir, so I want to um open the table with uh just this quick uh suggestion and G, maybe you could um we'll get your take on on it first and we'll 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 see what stems from there. Um <clears throat> so this was something that I kinda talked to you about earlier today, Isaac. Oh yes. Um I'm originally from Rochester, New York, um which is uh western New York if everybody out there knows what's up. Um and, um, you know, I usually that's where, you know, where I'm born and raised. So I usually take trips uh, back home. You know, I still have folks and family that live there or whatnot. Um, so I'm constantly, you know, going back and forth from my home to to Rochester. And along the way, you know, I run into brothers. You know, what I'm saying that um, I recognize some that I don't. But the ones that I don't, um, I tend to greet. You know, um, I feel that there's a brothership when you run into another one, you know, and I respect that. So, hey, yo, man, how you doing? Yes, sir. Exactly. So my right. right. So my approach to that is just, uh, you know, uh, being respectful, you know, just like my man just said, you know, what's going on? How you doing? You know, that type of, you know, uh, reaction. But what I don't get is the ones that don't respond. Mm-hmm. And they it's almost like a diss almost. You know what I mean? Or they I don't know whether they what what they're looking at, but personally, I'm looking at <laughs> to say we we're like one in the same almost. Right. You know what I mean? So, G, what do you think when it comes to brother-to-brother relationships, do you think that that's something that we as a community – should focus and work on but more
2: should we identify well it's in in regard to that very specific situation of when you come in passing with another african-american male Mm -hmm. you know you you try you identify immediately with that experience of being a black man so right and plus you guys seem to be a you know, individuals of higher consciousness. So your conscience of the fact that there needs to be unity with black men. So you always make it a point to greet somebody out of eye and greet them as a man respectfully. It's an acknowledgement. Yes, sir. So I totally get that because I'm the same way. I don't look down and I always meet somebody out of eye if I'm walking past them, even if I'm just casually walking on the street.
3: Right. Because my
2: instinct is to greet you and to keep it moving. Right now, being said, we also have to have an understanding that of projection. So when you feel a certain way and that becomes like one of your mission statements or one of your core values, you have to be be cognizant that you may be projecting your your values on somebody else that may not hold those values to the same standard.
3: Uh, So yeah.
2: Yeah. So when you, I would just advise not to feel no type of way when somebody don't reciprocate the energy that you gave, because they may not be of the, the the level of consciousness of you. They may, they may have a whole lot of things going on to which you don't, you're not privy to. So, uh, you know, it would be easy to accept that as some form of disrespect because you know, you clearly stated, you know, uh, uh exchange a salutation, and he didn't reciprocate. So you're like, damn. <laughs> it's
1: like that. I ha- it's yo, like yeah. that, yeah, I have had that reaction before, where I'm just like, well, you know, c- well, come on, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, <laughs> I, I, did I do something to the to offend you? You know what I'm saying? So you're right. I do kind of sometimes walk away from it, feeling a little, uh,
2: uh. I used to- same way dog yeah you and know what i'm saying it, it really is like being in the matrix it's like you're you're, <laughs> you're woke but they're not they still sleep so you yeah it's almost like you can't even blame them because they're unconscious uh to the things that that you are already aware of so it's like damn man i mean it's nah. just one of those situations where you just shake your head like man i can't wait to people start waking up yeah but yeah
0: now, I mean, let's let's just go ahead and be real. We have said close to five different times um, in this situation someone might not be as conscious, as aware, as, you know, present as we are to this current situation. Um, but I think to put that into even more sim- simple terms, maybe just in the heat of the moment, they were just like, oh, you know, and just forgot, you know. I've had that happen. I've done it several times. I'm just, I'm walking, you know, someone's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And I just keep walking and then I turn around. I'm like, oh, shoot, they said something to me. <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, we, we, can't, we can't ignore the fact that that happens.
2: <laughs> well, of course, yeah. Sometimes we just might be in the zone, man. And I get that, you know. Right. But it's just important to not take it personally Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is a trick because you know you kind of have an expectation when you do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> know exactly. You know, I I per- I personally when um when I when I, when I run into you know another African American, I'm I don't know about you, IJ or G, but I'm I'm happy. You know, especially if in whatever situation I'm in, you know, whatever type of environment that I'm in, if I'm the minority there, and I see one. I'm embracing that brother, like, super quick. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying?
3: Boy,
2: it sounds like you don't run into a lot of them. You know, I'm from Chicago.
1: <laughs> 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 nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, we're, we're in Rochester, yes. You know what I'm saying? That's like inner city, you know, type type of deal. But where I'm at right now is more like, you know, country, um, you know, small town type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... You know, it's, it's I mean, it's not like I don't run into him, but it's just that when I do, um, I already feel uh, closeness, a closeness or a relation, you know what I'm saying? Like this brother, you know, he could be um one of like one of Forbes magazine's famous cats, you know what I'm saying? But we have this we have something in common in common here, you know what I mean? And you know, we could totally from two different walks of life, but there's just a commonality there that I that I automatically feel because of that. You know, does that make any sense? No, no, that that makes total sense.
3: You yeah. know, like yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro.
2: Yeah, I was I was agree
0: Yeah, yeah. So this this happens all the time. When um, I'm a, I'm i I'm gonna let you in on something, G. Okay, um, I grew up in a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> My backyard <laughs> is literally a cornfield. So when I see another wow. brother, I'm like, "Yo, like that. That's what's up." That's because what's up. I, I didn't grow up around a black around a lot of black people, you know. So it's right. like, and you
2: know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, <clears throat> that's why diversity is so important, man. Because we learn more from people that are different than us, and I think it's better when we have black people from varying experiences that come together mm-hmm. because now we can all impress different experiences on each other which you know we don't have to go outside our cultural dynamic to to get diversity right know what i'm saying
0: yes sir so yeah. how do we approach those who don't know how to learn from diversity and let me tell you a story to go along with that question all right g when I uh I went to the Cheesecake Factory one time with uh with one of my closest friends, right? It was on a Sunday. Now we're we're up in the city going towards Rochester, so you already know there's gonna be people coming out of church, you know, all that good stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. when they they're coming in, right? So like they're coming in as we're leaving, we're waiting for the check, and they're all passing me and I'm like, yo, what's what's going on? Hey, God bless, you know, all that good stuff. My man looks at me. he's like, "Why are you what why why are you saying hi to them? you know like you're you're being way more friendly than what you know like you normally are, and I'm like, my dude like i'm just I'm just trying to be nice right you know like mm-hmm. I, I i see them, they see me, acknowledge it, move on you know like right. and, and that's you're talking exactly about what uh, happened.
2: another group of uh black of black course. people
0: of course, oh yes, and my man and you was
2: with your white friends,
0: yes. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, and, and he and and he didn't pick up on that. He he didn't he didn't understand. He couldn't make that connection. Mm-hmm. So well, so how not. do we how do we? Uh, uh, I don't want to say treat, but recognize those who who can't learn from something like that.
2: You're, t- you're talking about from the white perspective or the black perspective. How can we educate mm-hmm. the white your the white counterparts or, that's the, or your that's your, it right there. Okay, so with that experience, man, I I will match it real quick with a a very short example myself. All right. Um, I have this thing about white privilege and I don't, I don't have, like, I don't hate a person that's white because they got the unfeathered benefit of white privilege. Invoke like, you know, a black heart at any time, Mm
3: -hmm. but
2: I do want them to at least acknowledge it,
0: right? And You're cutting out part there, of G. That, cutting out there.
2: I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going through the trees. It's like, uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me now?
0: Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Are you on the road right now?
2: Yeah, I'm on the road right now. Oh my man, my man, <laughs> my man took me, he is on the road.
1: Dedicated soldier, right here. That's what's that's so oh, yeah. up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, you know, God, I'm, what we were gonna I'm, say. I'm
2: a firm believer, in not wasting time, man. If you know, I'm commuting for like 30 minutes. That's you can make that 30 minutes work towards
1: something. That's, that's what's up.
2: <clears throat> but now, like I was saying, um, with, with white people specifically, man, they. <clears throat> And and it's more like a, a liberal a liberal white person thing, so you know they they can identify on some level, and I think it's because it's more of a of trying to get empathy, but it's more sympathy when when they fraternize with us. Like yeah, they they'll say that they don't see color, but then you're presented with situations and instances where they identify color, and even if it's unintentional, so the biggest thing that uh okay so an example to because I know I don't want to I don't like talking philosophically too much because you'll lose people so I want to connect it with an experience right Let's so
3: go.
2: i had this situation where i was really bothered by something that that was you know it it was clearly something instigated by a race okay and and i think i think it was in a in an aspect of um you know um the collective um, obliviousness when it comes to uh, a person like Colin Kaepernick when they kneel uh to protest the flag in right. in uh in response to black you know uh cops killing black black males right, so you get all this rhetoric this what about-ism about you know everything. And it's completely ignoring the obvious Right. Like nobody want to acknowledge the reason why he's doing it. They just want to uh, customize the narrative, which is a form of protest bigotry. Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking about when you when you willfully omit the meat and potato of the issue. OK, that's the form. You know, you, you're you're disregarding. You're you're saying, what about the troops? What about the police? What about this? What about that? What about black lives? And right. I'm not getting on like the black lives matter situation, but I'm just saying like in that situation, I identify with that because I know that I, my, my, my blackness is not like a sexuality. I can't just close my mouth and let them leave you guessing when right. I walk out the house, whether I'm silent or not, you see that I'm black.
1: That's right. That's and, so.
2: and that, and that particular uh, characteristic of myself and you guys is something that that makes us prone to racial profiling in the workplace, in the street, all kind of place. People have a preconceived notion. So, you know, I have something to say on my social media about it. And I have white friends, you know what I'm saying? Older mm-hmm. older ones, younger ones. I even have white friends that are married to black women or, right. or, or black women married to white guys. Right. So... What I find is that the the Caucasians in my life that have a swirled experience or let's just say an interracial experience, they will feel compelled to try to um, question my intention. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I say something that is specifically to the the plight of black people, then they'll say they'll try to, uh, you know. I would say I don't want to say whitewash it, but they try to, they try to marginalize the the severity of it by trying to in, instead of like if I say Black Lives Matter, and you say All Lives Matter, but All Lives Matter. Right. That right there gets on my damn nerves, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you know, Vic Menser, uh, he's a popular rapper from Chicago, and he has a, a song, and he says, you know, when we say we know that all lives matter, but when we say black, we know that that all lives matter, but black lives are the ones you refuse to include in mm. the lyric of the song. Mm. And that right there is the reason why, you know, is the frustration with white folks. So I think the best thing that you could do, I know I took a long way, uh, a long, no. a long, no, long way to get to a point.
1: No, you're good, brother.
2: But when it comes to like, you know, educating the people in your circle, I would just say, just keep exposing them to it. Don't shy away from the conversation. If they ask that question, you know, this is an opportunity for you to really see how deep that connection is with that individual. So you say, Hey, look, Brad, I, I get it, bro. You don't, you, you can't resonate with what's going on here, but you, you don't understand Well, you clearly know mm-hmm. everything that's going on in the news. Mm-hmm. And you also have to acknowledge that I could be, I could be a victim. Of brutality just by being who i am at any given and,
1: time mm-hmm.
2: at any given time That's and you don't not- have that you don't have that issue you know what i'm saying so you have i feel like it's a sign of strength it's a sign of trying to make sure that people understand that there's a connection like look i get it i can appreciate who you are Mm-hmm. And it's, it is something that goes deep. It's cultural bound and, and, you know, just, just keep impressing it. Hopefully you'll be able to find other common threads, um, that examples that he can connect to, you know, like Polish people, there's a big Polish community here in Chicago. Yeah. And even if we don't know each other, boom, as soon if, if they found out he came from the old country, first generation, instant connection. And it's, and it's okay.
1: Right.
2: It's okay. Sometimes, Hey, look, man, you can't connect to, you can't connect to every aspect of who I am. So you have to just, if you can't, if you can't identify with it, well, I'm going to educate you. But if, if that becomes a problem with our relationship, then I have to reevaluate it.
0: Right. That's
1: right. And you know what? That's, you know, every, everything you just said that you just explained, you know, um, I totally agree with. You oh know, yes, there's definitely a boundary, and there's definitely a wall that's kind of cemented up just a tad. Um, and you know, just not to sound um, egotistical or anything like that, but sometimes they they're never going to be able to understand.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But the way today society is with me, the way the what the the way that music is nowadays. Um, And even back when, uh, you know, like earlier hip hop, you know, 90s hip hop or whatever, when we were telling the world how things were, you know, uh, like groups with like Public Enemy, uh, N.W.A., uh, you know, X-Clan, you know, all these groups that were, you know, very Afrocentric and wanting to get the knowledge out. We gave them a glimpse of what was really happening. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and to, excuse me. And to me, once we did that, it actually had a negative effect because it was more of like a demographic behind it. You know, they're like, you know, well, no, all they heard was like, yo, we're calling women out of their character, out of their names. Um, you know, we're talking about drugs and this, that, and that they were focused on a And that's so, and that correlates with what you just brought up with the Colin Kaepernick thing. You know, what we're not just talking about that. That's what we're we're seeing. You know, that's what we're around. But here's the bigger yeah. picture. Here's the bigger picture. And you're not getting it. So then what do they do? You know, they, they put parental advisory stickers, which is good. And, you know, if you got a kid, you know, I got two daughters. You know, I want to be... More uh, keen to what they're listening to and and, and, and and safeguard them, you know, especially if they're not mature enough to handle it, so things, things like that are necessary, but <clears throat> excuse me, but they 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 put all that stuff on there, totally disregarding the message that was being sent. you know we're telling the world, yo, this is what we're going through, you know um, what can we do? You know what can we do as a nation to better to better this? You know, um, and just like uh, I mean, oh, go ahead, bro.
2: No, nah, I was just I will let you finish before I chime in. Okay,
1: and just like um, you know, the incident this past weekend with Nipsey, you know, rest in peace. You know, it's like here we go again. You know what I mean? When 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 will this world get a glimpse? And finally, pay attention to the signs that we're giving. You know, well, what, what oh. happened? What happened with Nipsey?
0: If you don't mind me asking, because I, I a I don't know who that is, and b it, it sounds like it's quite relevant to the situation, but I don't know what happened.
2: Well, Nipsey Hussle is a um, is a West Coast hip hop artist. Right.
3: Okay, yep.
2: And I'll be honest, man. His flow was decent. It is. He, he was dope. Yeah. I was. I was. I was a fan of his. And and to be honest, I became a fan of Nipsey Hussle. I would say like seven years ago. Right. And it wasn't. And it wasn't because of the music. It was because I started plugging in to these interviews. Right. And I'm seeing how intelligent he is. And the, all You know those, what I'm saying?
1: And all those quotes and and uh, things that he would bring out. You know what I mean? Very deep.
2: Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I mean, he's famous for quoting, he, like, you know, um, one, one that sticks out to me now, you know, after his untimely demise is, you know, he talks about how it's cool that most people from our community aspire to be a LeBron James or, or Jay-Z. All that stuff is cool. He's like, but I also want to let people know that it's just as cool to aspire to be the next Elon Musk mm-hmm. or the next, uh, you know, whomever, mm-hmm. the next Jeff Bezos. And the fact that this guy is amassing a real estate empire, a business empire, he had a, a couple of cannabis stores, grow houses, and everything in Los in California, in addition to retail stores, as well as uh, real estate, man, and right. And he, everything that he's been through, is shaping him to be a better agent for his community, right. And just when when he can get that momentum you know somebody took away all his possibilities right
0: so when i hear the term untimely demise you know when when he was here you know um, you know rest his soul it, it gives me the assumption that he was taken out of this world unjust so could you explain oh, absolutely. what happened
1: yeah absolutely totally unjust there's no justification for that you know what i mean the brother was, like, what, mm. in his 30s? He was, he was still young. He was, he, was, he was 33 years old. Yeah, he was he was young. Um, and that's just the backpedal of what you're explaining. Um, you know, it's, I mean, just look at it, you know, from, and we're just going to shed light on artists, you know, musical artists. Um, once a, a guy, a person, artist is starting to evolve and change and, and bringing change. It's, it's it's just like with our civil rights leaders if you want to cr- put them together you know okay. what I mean once something someone says something that uplifts our community yeah it's 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 so reminiscent you know they're they're taken away
2: you know and you, you know, know what you said something it, it is reminiscent it, it's it cuts deep right but that that same profound message that cut deep in a positive way,
3: mm-hmm. it's a
2: double-edged sword for some folks, for some audiences. Right. So as it may cut deep uh, and inspire some motivation, it can cut deep and hurt and inspire some hatred, especially with somebody that have a negative uh, reflection of who they are and what they can do, or just on on the uh, the implications of, of their people, or what they, you know what I'm saying? So
3: right. Yeah, I think it's, it's go ahead, very man.
2: tricky. Just as just as much as Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, uplifted people, there was a segment of the population that felt devastated and and troubled and angry every time he spoke, which you know clearly a perpetuator of 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 that mindset you know, thought it was okay to assassinate him because of it. But man, you know, all I'm saying, like, at the end of the day, I'll just simplify it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: No matter how great your message is, you're going to have people that rock with it and you're going to have people that don't fuck with it. And if that's the case, you have to acknowledge the implications of both and take the appropriate action. I feel like Nipsey had an opportunity. He, he, You have to understand that there's negative things. This is the reality. It's not the ideal. The ideal is that I want to get successful, come back to my community, and contribute to improving the value of the people in that community. That's ideal. Right. But the reality is you can come back, be a better person, contribute to your community, but there's no guarantee that everybody... Is going to resonate with what you're doing, and some people are just inherently prone to be haters, or you know, I don't know what their psychological mindset is. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. that's just the reality. Yeah, and I feel like see getting to that certain level of success, he needed to move in a more professional manner like like with the professional security service or something there's no way uh because the story is that uh the person that gunned him down walked up to him and and just did it right there right so that that lets me know that he possibly knew this person Mm. but even still because again his store was in his community that he grew up in right but even even still hey if i'm worth if I'm worked over multiple millions of dollars and I have a high social profile as far as celebrity and whatnot, even if you know me, my security team is gonna intercept you before you get close to me just to do a pat down because that's business as usual. Right. You know, and then and then I probably won't even use I'll probably use the service entrance. There's no way I'm going in and out the front door of my business.
1: That's just being, you know, cautious, you know what I mean? And I, I totally understand what you what you're saying, um, but you do get some of those brothers, you know, that feel like you know if if I can't set up shop in my neighborhood and don't have to worry about it, you you know what I'm saying? Then then why bother? You know what I mean? Of course. And I get it. Yeah, and I think and I think that's where we started the show with the brother to brother. You know what I'm saying? That's right. If I can't trust my brother you know what I'm saying? To, to to hold me down, you know, I'm bringing something back for y'all. I'm not asking anything, but for your support and, and your blessing, you know what I'm saying? And this is the route that I have to take. I have to have 24 hour security. I mean, from a business standpoint, yes. You know, if you're invested in it, protect it, obviously. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Excuse me. But if I'm bringing something back to my, to my community, I'm supposed to be able to trust, believe that yes, my, my people are going to hold me down, you know what I'm saying? And not have to even worry about such things, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of, at the end of the day we we we've come too far as a people to revert backwards. This, we're going backwards. Every year something happens, we're going backwards, you know? If it's another killing, if it's, a, uh, you know, a lynching, you know what I mean? Um, another hanging, you know, something happened in Mississippi not too long ago where the brother was hung. Um, I don't remember the, the exact um, situation, if it was if it was something that he did or something that someone else did, but it's it's, it's reverting back, and, you know, and I, I hear everyone that always says, you know, time always circles around and revolves and it comes back, you know. I don't think this world is ready for that. You know, I I give it to my ancestors that went through it in the sixties and the seventies. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. During the civil rights movement. Those are some strong people, very strong. This world, this world would not be ready for that to happen again. You know, everyone is so sensitive to exactly what you were just pointing out, G, you know, when certain things pop up, like the Colin Kaepernick's or, uh, or whatever. You know what I mean? The Black Lives Matter talk. You know, everyone is so sensitive but when we're just trying to bring light to these situations so we could be heard you know. We, we did it before. We did it with silent protests. We did it with protesting period. We did it with boycotts. We did it. We went the right way. We took the right route to be heard. And lo and behold, you know, we were granted these things that our ancestors fought and died for, you know. And that's all we're trying to do again, and it hasn't even gotten to that point where we really need to like, you know what? Um, I remember watching this documentary uh, with Tupac in it, God rest his soul. I believe he was talking to MTV at the time, um, and he was telling a story about how the Black Panthers did it, how they how they were starting out and everything. Um, and I don't remember what he was saying verbatim, but. It went along the lines of saying, like, you know, we were, we were knocking on the door quietly, like, you know, knock, knock, knock. Can you please let us in? We are hungry. You didn't hear that?
2: Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah,
1: that. yeah. You remember? And then to banging on the door, like, bam, 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 bam. Yo, we hungry, son. We're coming in here full blasting. Is that what we have to do so that we could be heard? You know what I'm saying? We don't wanna revolt we don't wanna go that route when we kindly knocked and, and we were respectful and saying, you know, knock knock knock, yo, we need a change. And that's all he was trying to explain.
2: You know? Well yeah. I agree. I, I got I'm torn because that Dude, you you get me talking about stuff Ooh, like I'm this. T- <laughs>
1: <laughs> yo, this is, this is this is the show to do it right now, brother. We gotta do it right now. Oh, that's yes. what's up. Let it out.
2: So look, this is this is my take on it. I think when it comes, cause let's just call a spade a spade. What we're really oh, yeah. talking about the racial inequality specifically to Caucasian white folks and black folks, African-Americans, not Africans, but just African-Americans. And you have to understand that this is a very toxic relationship that spanned it over hundreds of years.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Hundreds years. So, I know white people, and when I say white people, I'm I am making a blanket statement, and it's really a, a blanket statement towards the conservative white people that don't want to see like the wealth and empowerment of the black people. So, these people they know exactly how smart and capable. African Americans are. Oh yeah. See and, and that's the fundamental uh that's the fundamental mistake that most African Americans make is that they they assume that white people don't know how smart and capable they are. You know how genius the the natural athleticism we have all these natural god-given gifts that is you know you you ever look at a, a child that doesn't have any of those social re- limitations on them from the societal norms, they go ham all day long. Right. They fall. My son, he walks on his hands all day, and it freaks my mother out because she thinks he's gonna hurt. Him. So I'm like, no, nah, man, he he know what he's doing, and he knows when he hurt himself. He know he takes he, he's going back to the drawing board to kind of stop that. But that's right. But that's the thing. We are powerful, and they know it. But the problem is, you have some people that doesn't know how to project the the uh the full scope of the situation that don't know their history or are not connect see you get somebody that's not connected to their history that's they'll a, think
1: yeah that's a problem in itself
2: it is a problem yeah because they will they'll start thinking that oh well you know i have to go and, and get more education oh i'm not getting this promotion because i'm not working hard enough i'm not smart enough no fool you are smart enough <laughs> That's the the miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Wilson. It's like you're trying to indoctrinate yourself into a systemic system that was never meant to include you. You know what I'm saying? But when you connect to your history, you start looking at things a little different. You may still jump into the rat race of the corporate environment, which is fine. It's fine to work a job. It's fine to get an education. I have an education. I have a career, There's nothing wrong with that, but you still have to go undergo knowledge of self. Right. You know, you have go path to, to learning who you are by connecting to your history. And when you do that, you become more aware. And then that way you start expanding your mind towards the possibilities just beyond your career. You may have a right. career, but you, it makes you more aware, and 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 it, it gives you more of a uh, sense of self-importance to us uh, to save more money, to spend less, to be more conscious to who you do business with. It enriches your life, you know. And then that way, you can in turn start doing that to, you know, teaching these principles to the next generation. Because I feel like we're not going to see that change that you're asking about. In this generation, right? <laughs> not the baby boomers that was alive during uh, during um, the the civil rights movement die out, right? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Because those guys, they are uh, advantaged through white privilege, and they and they do have a significant amount of wealth. But when they when they hand down that wealth, they're also handing down those ideals and principles and that bigotry as well. But I feel like technology, globalization <clears throat> and and just this whole aspect of, you know, hip hop, the biggest gift going back to hip hop, like you were saying earlier,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that, that, that Chuck D and, and all the forefathers and the conscious rappers gave, the biggest gift they gave this world, man, is, is hip hop, is the, is the art form and that art form in some form of another has been inspiring all, all it all goes back to african rhythms right. but all, all that that art form has influenced and infiltrated even those conservative traditionalist white circles and their and their uh younger generations the one that's of these generations they're influenced by it so they're integrating their experiences their life experiences more and eventually that type of bigotry that you've seen in the civil rights movement is going to be extinct. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, I know that sounds a little bleak, but th- those folks got to <laughs> die. They got to die. <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel you, brother. I, I totally agree, man. Um, and, you know, that's why I-, I I get really passionate about it, as y'all can tell. <laughs>
3: you know what I'm saying?
1: Because, I mean, just because, you know, um, you know, that's the platform of, of of speaking. You know, that's why I felt compelled to have a show with this type of topic today. You know what I Because mean? Yeah. Am I boring you brother No, so- <laughs> no. <laughs> I ain't getting no coffee today, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like it, it, it's so important just to this is to touch on some things, you know. Hopefully the cat that's listening. You know, we'll vibe with that, you know what I mean? And, you know, everything that you've mentioned, G, you know, about education, I think is first and foremost. That's, you know, you can't, you don't know, Marcus Garvey said it best, you know. Um, Once you know once you came, there's no bound of how far you can go. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So when you know your history, then the sky's the limit for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So that's number one. You got to have that. Um, And, you know, when we say that, we're not saying like, yo, you got to be like, you know, uh, uh, super scholar with it, but just know like small things. You know, I think one of the reasons I I think my mother growing up, you know what I mean? I'll tell you this as a quick little story. Um, We used to have like this fair at school, you know, it's like social studies, science fair or whatever. And, you know, most kids just want to see stuff blow up. They want to make a volcano explode and, you know, what I'm saying stuff like that. Right, right. You know what I mean? My mom's was like, "Nope, you're gonna make a a bulletin board, wow, and you're gonna make some flaps. You're gonna cut some flaps out, and it's gonna be like trivia questions. And underneath these different flaps, you're gonna have Black History lessons. So we had to do research for this project. You know, we didn't get, we're not getting anything for it. You know, I think we got like a ribbon or something. You know, uh-huh. blue ribbon or whatever. Yeah, but. In doing so, I learned a lot of things that I had no idea, you know, you know, black inventors, you know, um, you see it every day. The traffic stoplight, you know, Garrett A. Morgan was the inventor of that. The African-American, a traffic light, Ooh, The traffic light. I didn't know that until I was in fifth grade, son. You wow. know what I'm saying? So she just made it aware, made us aware of our history because one, we're not being taught this in school, first of all, you know. Um, and two, if you don't do it yourself, you're never going to know it because no one's going to take the time to say like, yo, yeah, that thing that you stop at every day that controls traffic, you know, a black man invented that. No one's going to stop you and and tell you that. So we're lost when it comes to certain things. So when we do speak up and try to bring awareness to certain things, it's like, I want y'all to hear it. You know, it doesn't have to be a black revolt in order for y'all to jump on board and be like, yes. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't take that. It takes just awareness and then growth. And then we could do it as a people once we all have that same contribute, you know, aspect of contributing. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: You know, that was really prominent that that. Ideology was very prominent. Thank you, sir. Uh, and, and during, <laughs> I tried, man. I tried. <laughs> y'all
0: are just y'all are just taking me away. I'm just I'm sitting back. I wish I had some <laughs> some, some water, some some popcorn, something.
1: You join the show, <laughs> brother? <laughs>
2: you know that's that's not a that's not like a utopia that you're talking about. That can be reality. You know why? It happened or it happened before. You know if if right, you look right. at Uh, aspects of uh, history that they kind of brush over in the history books. Uh, I'll specifically cite one Brown versus the board of education. Okay. Yeah. Brown versus the board of education. It was basically about a family that wanted to integrate into the white school system. And, um, and it was a big deal. It was a big political movement. And of course we know the effects of it. Yeah. They, they won the case. And as a result, We got integration, but I think to me, that was one of the biggest issues, uh, uh, biggest problems. Well, not problem. I would say that was one of the biggest detriments to black history as we would like to see it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Because during that time period of segregation, you had small affluent black communities in larger, uh, metropolitan areas that only had black folks in it, It had, it, but it had everything that mainstream society had as well. It had successful multi-million dollar businesses. It had uh, doctors, lawyers, athletes, all kind of people with different walks of life. But what happened is that, you know, you had your neighbors. That's where the concept, well, the African proverb said it takes a village to raise a child. But right. in the United States, the first time we saw a village raising a child outside of slavery was... When when the lawyer lived next door to the auto mechanic, you know mm. that that that's that. Going back to when we first started talking, you say when you see another black man while you even out with your white friends, you you acknowledge because you have a you're bonded by a history. That's this is right. the brotherhood by blood. That's right. You know. What I'm saying? So
1: if you if if you might if you don't mind if I just interject real quick, <clears throat> um, in regards to that, you're absolutely right because here it is um if you if you pull back the curtain and can find out your roots, brother, we probably came from the same tribe let's let's, let's just keep yep. it, let's just keep it one hundred right. you know what I'm saying, so I totally hear what you're saying
2: oh yeah and 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 just that whole concept, man, like you had so many people coming together to uplift each other because you knew that you were all you had and I remember watching a documentary on Black Wall Street. You guys heard about Black Wall Street?
1: Yes, sir. I have not. No? No.
2: You got to check it out. Black,
3: Black where, Wall where, Street. Where can,
1: he, where, where can people find that if they, if they want to watch that?
2: I would say you have to Google it. I, You know, YouTube has been really great as far as people being able to upload obscure documentaries and things that is hard to come across on traditional television programming. Right. So I would just Google it. Google Black Wall Street, and to give you a short synopsis of what it is, because I ain't gonna lie, I, when I thought about Black Wall Street when I first heard about it, I was thinking like regular Wall Street, but mm-hmm. with black people in suits, right? But really, what it is, it was a Greenwood <clears throat> communi- a, a community called Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and in this community, it was across the tracks. It was like I was just talking about uh, with segregation. You had a black community where you had so many affluent black people that was thriving. I'm talking about people with five thousand square foot homes with grand pianos in their living room. Mm. You know, that that's factual. When you look at the documentary, they talk about that specifically, and it all it took was one racial incident that was basically a fabrication and just a way to infiltrate that community and destroy it by, you know, suggesting that a black man had his way with a white woman. Oh, so, man. Yeah, and literally the town, you know, all these white folks got together and they and they and they waged war on this community.
1: Can we say because, can, can we say Rosewood all over again?
2: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it is. It has nothing to do with uh with with justice at that point. It has everything to do with wanting to uh, impose your will on a people that you feel are inferior to you. And again, I feel like the biggest the biggest misnomer of current society, which is a repeat of the history, is to, you know, to lose yourself trying to compete in an integrated environment. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to measure your level of success by a standard that does not that handicaps you. Mm-hmm. So you'll always be chasing the carrot that way. I see so many people on a day-to-day man. It's 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 phenomenal when you get like I hate to use the term woke, but when you get when you're when you're open to the um to the reality of things, you can see it so much clearer. Right. <laughs> I see. I know a sister, man. Um, I actually helped her, um, her son. You know, she was telling me I met this woman who's who's old enough to be my mother. Mm-hmm. She, um, mm-hmm. I met her on a treadmill years ago. I was we worked in the same uh, building, and I would go to the, to the gym like early in the morning because you know I was first trying to lose weight and I was embarrassed to like be working out in front of people. So I go early in the morning. Right.
1: (laughs) I feel you, brother.
2: (laughs) And so I met this, you know, I was on a treadmill one day and this woman was on a treadmill and we started talking and we started bonding. And then one day she just told me about her son who was like 19 with a baby mama that's driving her crazy and him crazy. And, and, and he was in the streets with, with, without really a pot to piss. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I said, yo, why don't you give him my number and and tell him to give me a call? You know, um, he might, hey, the Navy might be a good opportunity for him. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a Navy veteran, Mm -hmm. and so I always try to to try to – I would never push it on nobody, but if I see something in you that I think, you know, it can benefit you or you can leverage that situation, I'm going to present it to you, you know, as an option. Right. So I did that with him. He went in. Boom change this whole paradigm. Mm. And so anyway, to bring it back to her, that's how I know her. So I see her, I check in with her. We have conversations. I say, Hey, Barb, how, how's, uh, how's the job going? Oh, it's going great. You know, I got looked over for like five promotions. She's, she's getting a little discouraged Mm -hmm. and said, but you know what? I think it's because of my education. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna stop you right there. It's not because of your education. They're looking over you because they had they, it, you know it's a structure of nepotism and cronyism.
3: you know mm. you're
2: either, if you're not friends of the people of the players, then you're you're not factor to them mm. and if you're not family or um if you're not relatives of the players or the the people that's making the place, then you're not factored to them. so even with your experience, they're gonna find some reason to pick up their buddies or their relatives over you. And you are basically losing time trying to play this game, mm-hmm. but you don't want to mm-hmm. peel your peepers back to look at the reality of the situation is that you'll never get a promotion in this position under this type of leadership because they're, they're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> this old, it, of, you know, it, it, it circumvent the merit process, man. And, People like that, you feel for them and you try your best. It's like you're grabbing their shoulders and you're shaking them and saying, wake up, man, look and see. Yeah. But, man, it, you know, some people just have to go through and you just got to be patient with them, bro. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. <sighs> but anyway.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I had an idea, but I'm not too sure how to connect the two points that that you guys have made. Um. I heard something uh, from one of you guys talking uh, a little while back, something about spreading uh, knowledge about what's new and good and what's going on uh, to your friends and everything. And the first thing that my mind got taken back to was uh, the enlightenment, because I had immediately thought, like, that. that's just something that we've been trying to do forever now, you know, like... A spear of influence, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I feel you. Um, and to, and to kind of bring it back to what you guys were saying, you know, like how you may have an idea um, with, with you and that kid who, if I'm understanding correctly, you introduced to the Navy. Um, thank you for your service, by the way. Yeah, thank you, sir. A good man. Um, <laughs> it's this. This is something that's been going on forever um you learn about it in high school the enlightenment as um we have eastern you know colonies i don't know if they were states yet um trying to flow their flow their agricultural you know their slaves all that across the west and then they got to the west and they were like what what do we do now (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um so maybe that feeling of needing to pass on um, your knowledge, you know, maybe that never really died out. And I mean, hell, I don't know. Maybe it won't ever,
1: you know, die out. I, you know what, I don't. If if you mind, G, I don't think. No. Okay, I don't think it'll ever die out. And you know what? It's crazy that you even mentioned that because G touched on it. When he was explaining that, yeah. you know, how he took, you know, the young young man and, uh, you know, became yeah. a mentor or whatever. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think as a community, like when I was growing up, we had places like that. And, gee, I'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with like, um, you know, like Boys and Girls Clubs and things of that nature. Of course. Right. Where we had outlets for those type of situations you know sometimes you just went there for recreation purposes you know what i'm saying um when i used to go i used to get like home help with homework things of that nature and stuff like that but we had brothers that i looked up to as a older sibling as an older brother uh, almost a father figure you know even though i had a dad but this was somebody that okay, you know, if my father's not around, if he's working, if he's busy and I need to talk to another male figure, boom, here's, here's so-and-so I could reach out to them. You know what I'm saying? So we had outlets like that, where that type of stuff was accessible, you know? Um, now I go to the hood, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, the buildings are, you know, Gone, knocked down for whatever reasons. Could be financial. Could be you know building codes or whatever. Making a parking lot. Yeah, and they're turning it into something else. Some you know somebody buys it. It turn into you know a a, a little grocery store or whatever. So excuse me. So these places that were meant purposely for that are scarce. You know, and. To, for me, personally, I think if we had more outlets that like that where we could have our old elder statesmen take these little brothers and sisters, you know, and women too, you know, and say, you know, we're, we're here to help, you know. Or if there could be something on social media that could spark up conversations like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I was growing up, we had television shows like that. I don't, gee, I don't know if you remember Teen Summit. They used to come on BET.
2: Of course, with Ananda Lewis,
1: yes, sir. And you could call yeah. you could call in the show with questions, and it was just an open panel discussion for, for black youth, you know. So we had so many avenues that we could go down for help, for guidance, for whatever, you know. We don't we don't I don't see that anymore. So it like, it's like there's no wonder why education is lacking, you know. Why uh, respect? isn't where it's supposed to be, you know? And G, tell me what you think. I think those two key factors right there are kind of what, I'm not going to say what plagues our our people, but it doesn't help. You know what I mean? Without, without those two.
2: Yeah. You know, I honestly, man, I hate starting sentences like that. Yeah. You know, it's a habit I'm trying to beat. But anyway,
1: mm-hmm. I feel you.
2: What I believe is that that issue is a tandem one. Mm-hmm. Cuz on one hand you have economics mm. and yeah, you're right. and then you have politics. So when you look at going back to the early 90s well, you had like that that type of programming that meant to educate and and activate your mental like teen summit you know they had all kind of cool people on there but they oh, also yeah. made sure they had activism education mm-hmm. inform you know it was everything that it was almost like a positive resource that you can get in a living room like yeah. the same thing that you get in the boys and girls club, man, you can, if you bench watch team summit, you'll be on it. You'll be on it. You'll be caught <be confident. laughs> issues that affect, you know, uh, the younger, uh, population. Right. But again, when you look at that, you go deeper, look at V back then. I don't know if you remember, but like VH one only played R and B back then.
3: Yeah, yeah. They would
2: play any hip hop. They would not play any of that. Mm-hmm. Now they're fleet one hundred and eighty. And and but again, Bob Johnson, a black man, that was one of his missions. That was one of his core values was to provide that type of enrichment to his people through his program through his station, which was BET. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you said Bob Johnson,
2: Robert Johnson, is oh, the Rob, guy, Bob
0: Johnson. Okay.
2: That own uh, BET, Mm -hmm. so um, eventually he sold BET, or no, I don't know if he died, and then his wife sold it to Viacom. Mm -hmm. So it it really is um, a white channel and black face, so to speak. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, Mm. if you look at the quality of the programming, it's not something that you want to indoctrinate your kids too. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. And so that to me that, that's more <laughs> of a political thing. It's more of a it's economics too because this is this is how they this is how they um this is their e commerce uh channel to, to black people. This is how they sell things that they think that we may want to buy because believe it or not, African Americans per capita uh, has to uh, over a 1.3 trillion dollar buying power in in the uh, u.s. Economy
3: mm-hmm.
2: We spend we make the less money, but we spend the most money basically
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and That's because of these gaps mm-hmm. that's left through generations of political movements to disenfranchise or disconnect us from our culture to our uh, that you know that connection that we had that's that's what the Black Panthers was all about was trying to reignite that connection, that that hunger and that drive to be more. We ain't fighting for equality; we fighting for equity. Right. That's what they was fighting for, Right. you know. Because we could be we can be uh we we can I just want equal opportunity.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll figure the rest out. So anyway. Yeah, I think a lot of this stuff it go it boils down to economics, man. Um, economics and and politics. You know, when you look at disenfranchised communities, they have they're food deserts. There, there's no. I don't know what's the big box uh, grocer in your town, but in Chicago, you know, you you don't have like the the Whole Foods and these big stores that has all these colorful produce, mm-hmm. beautiful produce neatly uh managed and 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 watered and stuff like that no you have araf stores you know with, with fruit or produce that may turn in a few days you know what i'm saying like so
3: <laughs> no
1: he's
2: true he's like, right though yeah. he's right oh yeah yeah so,
3: keep it real
2: like yeah. you but you every corner you got liquor stores you got fast food joints mm-hmm. you know you got food products you got grocery stores full of food products, but not full of food, Mm
3: -hmm. not
2: full of whole foods.
3: Right. And
2: that's a problem, man. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. It's a problem because it's what we eat. And when I say what we eat, it's not just what we put in our mouth, but it's what we put in our mind as well. Mm -hmm. So what we eat is going to be a reflection of how we act. And if people are taking in, we're malnourished, man we're malnourished, nerds and, and
1: every aspect of that word
2: and that's and that's and that's not by by accident mm-hmm. i think one of the huge parts of gentrification i know i'm introducing a lot of different things without diving too deep but you know a huge part of gentrification is uh the um creating food deserts because the people with with the money they're going to leave those environments because they understand that these are under these environments are not serving them to the capacity that they deserve because of their dollar. But then what about the people that can't afford to leave? You know what I'm saying? We, when you look at the, uh, the boom in technology in the Midwest, we had tons of manufacturing jobs that was located right in the black communities. Mm-hmm. So it's no, you know, it's no secret that, uh, you know, if, 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 If you have uh, a manufacturing plant for an automotive company right in this community, okay, I'm going to move in this community. I'm going to get a job here at this factory. I'm going to stack my money. I don't need a car. I don't need certain things because my job is right here. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. But what happens, the the adverse effect of of, um, progression is that they start farming out those type of manufacturing jobs, those laboring jobs overseas for a fraction of the cost. But you literally just took the, the, the lifeblood out of a whole community.
3: Mm.
2: So if you don't have opportunity, if you don't have whole foods, if you don't, if you can't get nourishment economically, spiritually and nutritionally in your neighborhood or in your environment, you're going to be prone to things like violence because people are pissed off. But they make sure that they're in the area to where if they want to lash out, they lash out against the people that look like them. And then you have to look at the, the generational effects of that, you know, uh, mm. because again, mm. you already had, had it going one way, but then when you introduce crack and drugs, heroin, alcohol, all these different things all these different diseases, all these, it, it just become a cesspool that makes it hard to thrive in, man.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, but that's, a politi- that's political warfare right there. That's, that's also economic warfare. And we have to, the, 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 the sooner that we can realize that our value is unmatched and we start making decisions based on knowing your worth, then you will see the upliftment. And that's why Nipsey Hussle was so, so important for his community because he, as Martin Luther King say, went to the mountaintop. He's been to the mountaintop and he's seen what was, what was to come. So he's coming back and he's basically removing obstacles out of the road for people that look like him. But unfortunately, you know, his, he 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 was called home way too early. Right. I mean, but I mean, at the end of the day, man, that's that's all what I'm all about, man. I just want people to wake up, start mobilizing, synergizing. I love Kwanzaa, and you know, when you when you look at the principles of Kwanzaa, if we can just start <clears throat> strive to, to kind of you know execute those principles, man, you're talking about possibility that's un untamed.
3: I,
1: I feel you, brother. I totally hear you. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Yeah, you, you came on the show prepared today, man. I know. <laughs> I know. He was prepared
0: I'm and just, he was driving home.
2: <laughs> I'm renting. <written.
0: laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess I just want to give one more opportunity um, for anyone to throw something out there on the table before we wrap it up. Um, anybody?
1: You asking me or are you asking G? Either one of you um, do, Ed, do. either one of you have
0: something to add well, before we can wrap it I just,
1: just want to say in regards to what he was just explaining. You know, um, yeah, man, it sounds so good on paper, you know, and I totally understand where you're coming from, bro. You know, I just pray that. You know, I have two. Ch- I have two children. You know, I have girls. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and I just pray that. Um, you know, my reflection on them is a positive one. Because I don't want them to, first of all, I, I'm i trying to cut down the TV in my house, first of all. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? No, seriously. They watch too much TV and their cell phone usage is like at an hour a day. You know what I mean? Just because I don't want them lost in that crap. But, you know, um, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? And, and I just know that you know in order for us as a community to be able to get through the all the adversity that we faced you know it 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 starts at home first you know um, i agree yes sir and you know if you're if you your community meeting your home is and if and if if that's a a place where, where there's constant growth and and achievement and learning and and pride and pride because I I tell my family every day, you know, be proud of who you are. Don't be ashamed of being black. You know, don't. Absolutely. You're you're beautiful, and and I tell my my girls that all the time. I don't want them to think that being black is what they see on BET because that's far from it. Apparently, since it's owned by Viacom, I had no idea. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Viacom you.
2: also Viacom also owns VH1. Yeah.
0: I'll- let me tell you, I just thought it was so. I, I was cracking up with a smile on my face over here because I'm just like, you know, when when you made that reference to white people with a black face on BET, I'm just like, so that's why they keep playing the Medea movies every Sunday at wow. 6 p.m. <laughs> they they, yeah, they, but, they they think that's what's actually happening, but, maybe.
2: <laughs> you remember when 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 uh when it was black owned that it was like. It was the the uh, Lord's Day on BET. So you have Bobby Jones Gospel. You have yeah. actual spiritual programming. I, r- I remember. Was,
1: I remember. You know. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Yep. I remember those. Yeah. You you definitely had a uh, more variety back then than <laughs> I don't know what they do now. Just hit rewind and like I said, just you know replay all the play everything over again. Yeah. Seriously. Big Mama.
2: Do you do you wanna like like quote me on this? Okay. Use this as a case study. If you remember the T V show The Game. Yeah, I remember that. Right. The game initially uh was aired on UPN or um whatever the the, the station that's the CW now. It used to be called something else. Yeah, you're right. Or whatever. You're right. Uh the game used to come on there. And if you look at the characters, the central characters of Melanie and Derwin, mm-hmm. they were like high school sweethearts. And, you know, they had ups and downs due to his celebrity and fame and her um, on her path to becoming a doctor and all this good stuff, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But the show was always grounded in some type of value, some type of boundary that that wouldn't be
3: crossed. Mm
2: -hmm. And after a few seasons, the show was canceled. So, I mean, it it definitely had its aspects of ratchetness and, you know, you gotta have that diversity of the experience. Like I was saying, you know, we, we all come from such different backgrounds. We can, we can get our daily uh, value of diversity by, you know, just collect clicking up black people from different experiences. So you definitely had air to it. But the show was canceled. But there was a, a, a big demand by the fans of the show to bring it back.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So BET, uh, under the regime, under the uh, umbrella of Viacom, invested and brought the show back, but brought it over to BET. Yep. Immediately, you could tell the writing was different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it immediately became um, uh, gold-plated bullshit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm telling you, like, you have – I remember episodes episode specifically where uh, Melanie and a couple of other uh, football wives were asked to go and um, empower young women. And as Melanie is getting up there and – telling them about the, uh, the benefits and the, the features and all that good stuff about being a doctor and how fulfilling it is and whatnot to help people. They, the, all the girls was completely disinterested, but then they turned their attention to one of the otherwise who they recognized as a booty model in hip hop videos. Mm -hmm. And immediately everybody wanted, was more interested in learning how to twerk like her, uh and, and possibly getting videos so i'm like damn that's a direct uh reflection of people let's just, i don't know if they have black writers but let's just say people that really care about how uh, how young people consume this 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 uh tv show
3: right. you know
2: what i mean yeah it, it was to give them something a positive takeaway but this right here it was all candy man it wasn't yeah it's sweet it looks good it tastes good but it's not good for you. Right. And, and you know, that's, that's definitely the reflection. Like I will, I would prefer, um, my black programming to be on a white station that, that I know is a white station because I feel like that's, that's the equivalent of somebody letting me know they giving me, they giving me full disclosure so I can make my own decision up front. But then you have like these people that work behind the scenes Trying to manipulate shit to give you the impression that it's for us by us when it really isn't.
3: I feel and you. And there's always,
2: and there's always psychological effects uh, of that. That's why I don't like Empire.
1: Hmm. That's what's up. That's
2: what's up. I I
1: haven't really followed it either, but um, I don't mean. I, I wish we could keep going. You know what I'm saying? Because this is, this is definitely oh a, my God. a great topic.
0: I could totally listen to, to y'all two just talk for forever. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man. <laughs> let me just absorb gotta all of this.
3: Uh, you got to get some coffee
0: first. Yeah,
1: man. I, I got to get some coffee. You're right. <laughs> you know what? I would love to do this again, man. You know, we could do it on your end. We could do it here. You know, any, whatever way you want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Oh,
2: yeah. I could definitely invite you guys on my platform and we can just continue to, uh, to, to rap. I don't know if you guys had, uh, had an opportunity to listen to one of the episodes where I have like a recurring guest by the name of Natasha Ashford. Um, she always get colorful commentary and I think you guys have a lot of fun, uh, and, and learn a lot by, um, her opinion. So we might just, you know, get together and just mash it up.
1: That sounds, that sounds, that's what's up right there. That's <laughs> what's up.
0: Um, For everyone at home, we just want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in, whether you are just entering your workspace or whether you're on your way home. Um, Real quick, I'd like to give a good shout out to our newest sponsor, uh, Vaping Bad. Um, They sell vape products here, upstate New York. You can find them at their newest opened uh, Canandaigua store at 185 South Main Street, Canandaigua, area code 14424. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. We appreciate everyone at home. GQ, we appreciate you, my man. Thank we you will brother. definitely continue this conversation. Everyone let us know if you want to continue the conversation. Tweet us at That's What's Up. Be sure to visit That's What's Up, com for all the latest info. GQ, would you like to plug you?
2: Yeah, come visit your boy at uh, GQ the shy boy re, uh, at GQ at boy on Instagram, but also GQ.com. GQ, the shy boy, die, pie, bean, dot com is my site and uh, or you could just Google me at Talk That Mess The Gentleman's Perspective to Shit That Happens
0: that's what's up that's what's up <laughs> GQ thank you sir we appreciate it brother oh yes
2: y'all brother take it easy
0: alright and that's what's up that's what's up we'll catch you guys on the next one
3: alright y'all peace peace